Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. church family. Hope you're doing well today and to our each mom in the house a happy 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 Mother's Day to you. Each year that I live my appreciation and admiration for the gift of mom grows and I was reminded again the uh, the gift of mom as I last Sunday pulled into the parking lot looking for the the optimistic mother bird who builds her nest out in the gravel part of our our parking lot every year. And sure enough, there she was. And so when I got out of the car, I thought, I wonder how close this little bundle of fur feathers will let this creature get to her kids. And so I I backed up around the, and went uh, behind the car and started walking towards her nest. And she gave me the look. And it's just like, don't you come another step further. It's kind of scary. Or I tell the marking, it just, she was mad. But I took another step and inched towards until I got to that line that you don't cross. And that little bundle of feathers coming after this big creature, chirping up a storm, she blew a gasket. And she's like, let's throw down, boy. Right now, right here, (laughs) you are not going to get to these kids. And I went away from that just thinking this. That's mom. A passionate advocate who will stand in the gap for her kids. Isn't that awesome? And what a gift God has given us. And, you know, it feels good to be strong, doesn't it? When you get to adulthood and you're just strong. It feels good to be strong. But the, the only way that, I was thinking, the only reason I can stand strong today is because she stood strong for me. Time and time again. Moments when I didn't even, I mean, do you remember zero to five? No. How many times did she stand in those moments when we are weak and vulnerable and she's our passionate advocate physically, but more importantly, spiritually, praying for us like no one else prays for us, like a mom, loving us, um, doing what mom does to, to see our souls thrive as well as our us thrive physically and, and all the other ways. So what a gift today just to if your mom is still here, to look her in the eye and just say, thank you, I love you, thank you, I love you, and to thank our Lord for, for our mom. So could we just, I could just pray a blessing over our moms here today, but Father, we do know that you are the giver of every good gift and of all the gifts that you've given us, a loving mom, Lord, there's no way to adequately express our gratitude And so we just pray for each mom here today. We know it's a hard job as she bears to the very core of her being the the needs of her kids. And so I pray, even in these moments, Lord, that you would just deposit in the heart of each mom just what she needs today. Lord, I thank you for what mom brings to the family. I thank you for her strength. I thank you for her wisdom. I thank you for her passionate love, but also her tender care and just the ways that she makes home all that it is. I thank you for uh, the moms who have been spiritual mothers here in our church family and who have prayed for us and 
loved us and cared for us and spoken words of truth and just been there through the years. I pray for those today who are missing mom and uh, wishing that they could, or, or those also who are seeing their mom down the final stretch of life, and I just pray comfort and peace for them as well. Lord, we thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for your word, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we dive into our, our text for the day, I do need to just highlight a something going on here in our church family. Core to our DNA as a, a ministry team is helping families thrive, and specifically coming alongside mom and dad and helping kids grow to, to know, love, and follow Christ. And Westbridge Kids really is, is the uh, core ministry around this, and really exciting to, to some things that are developing in our Westbridge Kids ministry. And by the way, our number one, we need consultants, and our number one consultant for our Westbridge kids is our moms, because moms care most deeply about what's going on. So if you have ideas, thoughts, moms, please let us know. We want to bring our very best in serving you, your family, and your kids in their walk with Christ. But uh, we have been in the process, Seth Baker as well as the volunteer team, of updating our curriculum to a curriculum that's, um, in terms of truth, it hits core truth. In fact, it's called Go Curriculum. It just started last week, but it's a curriculum that will take us through the entire year. I'm, I'm sorry, in three years, will take us through the entire Bible. And really neat, but in a way that's, that's kid-friendly, that's fun, that's uh, innovative, and you can check it out online if, if, if you haven't seen this yet, but excited for that also this is the season that, that we begin to build our teams for the coming ministry year that, that starts in September. And of all the, the ministries where I talk about investment but also excitement of helping a kid come alive to God's love for them in Christ and then follow hard after Christ, kids' ministry is where it's at. I've often thought if Jesus could visit our church for a Sunday, he'd probably he'd join us here probably, but he'd be back in the kids' ministry and just precious group of kids that God has given us and allowed us the privilege of shepherding. So if that's something that is a passion in your heart, if we have some people out there who are kids at heart and then have a desire to just help our kids follow hard after Christ, see Seth or, or check it on the, the uh, Connect card and there's an on-ramping process that, that we can help you help you through. All right, well, today the, the original plan was to launch a new series that I had been promoting and so excited about called The Royal Flush. Tuesday was the, the study day, so I, I got into the text on Tuesday, and great text, but as the afternoon wore on and then went into the evening, and I was thinking about the text while mowing the lawn, I had serious textual indigestion <laughs> going on. There was no peace in terms of... Uh, this is where God wanted us to be the, today, and like, oh no, this is not a good time to be having this going on. So I fell asleep that night with my Bible on my chest and with this prayer, Lord, would you guide me for, for what you want for this, this uh, series? And, and he answered that prayer at about three in the morning with a Mackey moment. The first, the origi first original Mackey moment happened on the corner of 36 and Mackey back in 2011 when I was going to have my knee surgery, and I was dropping Chad and Jess off to school, and I'm turning left to come up Mackey, and the thought hit me, what if the anesthesiologist has a bad day today, and I don't wake up? 
I'm ready to go. I am more than ready to go. But are my kids ready to do, have I given them everything they need to go, you know, to do life without dad? And I'm like, oh, boy. So I didn't want to alarm them or, or scare them or anything, but I just tried to gently slip a pop quiz in there. And I said, hey, Chad, Jess, do you guys happen to remember our five family values, those five values that we, we repeat at family huddles? These are core things. Do you happen to remember those? And whew, they, they just listed them right off. So I was like, yes. Well, 3 a.m., I had that family or the, uh, that Mackie moment with our church family, knowing that looking ahead, I only have four more Sundays with you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, until the, the time of sabbatical, the 12-week time where I'll be away this summer, starting June 3rd. And by, someone says, is that a vacation? It's not a vacation. It's an intentional retreat. I'll be studying and, and digging into some things. There will be a vacation in the middle where we'll get away with family. Someone else said, are, are you leaving? No, I'm as far, hopefully I will be back. But 12 weeks is a long time. One of, my, one of our goals is to learn how to surf. And if I get on the wrong side of a, a wave in the Pacific, if I don't come back, have I, if it's my departure day, have I given you guys everything God wants me to give, give to you? And so it was clear with that thought in mind, Royal Flush is not the series that, that the Lord wants us to go through. Instead, it's this series, 30 Days to Live. What if you found out you had 30 days to live? powerful question that, that clarifies what really matters in life, doesn't it? What if you had 30 days to live? What would guide, direct your decision-making process? What would be your core priorities in those, those 30 days? And so to frame this series, really important we understand end goal. If we had 30 days to live, we'd First, start with the end in mind. What's the goal of life? What's the end goal? And I think we all know this. Hopefully, if throwing this out there, everybody would, it's just um, instant reflex. It's to live for the glory of God. We, we, God created us for his glory, to live for his glory. We struggle because we, we tend to live, we're tempted to live for our own name, our own glory. But, but God has given us all that we have, our abilities, our jobs, our relationships, everything that we have to live for his glory. The verse that sums this up is, Psalm 115.1 that says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. So with that end goal in mind, this year we've been pursuing as a church family, a ministry team, really two prayers. We've been praying two prayers. The first is creating me a pure heart, just knowing that our hearts are tainted with other motives. And the, the other motive, two motives, live for his glory or live for my glory. And it is so easy to, to start, we drift into that, I'm going to make much of my name. And so we're praying, Lord, created me a, a pure heart, Psalm 5110. But the second prayer we're praying then is, God purifies our heart, would you make me then a blessing? So we walk out the door every day praying, created me a pure heart, make me a blessing, make me a blessing, make me a blessing to those around me. And that flows out of, of uh, the call of Christ where he says, you're the light of the world, Matthew 5, 16, and so let your light shine. For the glory of God. By the way, quick uh, Mother's Day moment. I was chatting with Clayton Edwards this week and at our elder training, and he, he said, yeah, my mom would always tell me from the time earliest that he can remember when he'd go over to a friend's house or he's going out anywhere, 
Clayton, be a helper boy. Be a helper boy. Be a helper boy. Clayton, be a helper boy. To the point where now his sisters who have kids, that's what they say to their sons. Be a helper boy. Be a helper boy. Be a helper. Clayton, if you know Clayton, he's a helper boy. Thanks to his Hall of Fame mom. But what's he, what was she really saying to him? Clayton, go be a blessing. Go be a blessing. Go be a blessing. That's the call. And why? It's for his glory. So with that framework in mind, to live for the glory of God, hearts becoming pure so that we would go be a blessing to those around us, we come to this series. And the big question is, what are the core priorities that will guide our decision-making process if we knew we had 30 days to live? And then when we see them, lock in. And let them guide not just the next 30 days, but the days beyond that that God would give us on earth. So, 30 days to live, four core priorities, all for the glory of God. That's where we're going over these these next four weeks. So, the first one is found in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians is a letter that was, uh, it's a treasury of truth and encouragement written by Paul. There's two parts to this letter, and the first part, he's just celebrating what God is, what God has done and is doing for us, and then he pivots at the end of chapter 3 and takes us into chapter 4 through 6, which is, okay, this is your fitting response. This is how to live worthy of the calling that God's given us. The text we're going to look at today is the pivot point. We're, we're going to go right to the pivot, and it's a unique text, and it's a prayer. He just breaks out praying for these people that he loves, and we'll read through it, and then we'll, we'll break it down, and out of this text emerges the core priority. So verse 14, he says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. The picture here, Paul kneeling, is unique in that the the normal posture of prayer for a Jew is to stand with your hands out. And you you capture his passion, you... uh, the urgency of his prayer, and it's also unique that it says, I pray before the Father. This is our Father. We come to through Christ, our faith in Christ. It's good to remember, I think, here at the outset, who are we praying to? And one of our, our elders each write a, uh, a doctrinal statement and this morning was led to just share this one. Fred Klein wrote this, but who, who is God and why do we worship him? The one that we pray to, in everything, he is supreme. He has no beginning and end. His power is without end. He created all that we know, from the smallest atom to the solar system. His power continues to sustain us, holding together planets, relationships, governments down to our very breath. He is holy. He is apart from everything else. He is mysterious, vast, and unsearchable. Every virtue finds its origin and definition in his character. Sin, by definition, is deviation from God's will and his character. He is good, not evil. He is not arbitrary or capricious. He does not flit about from craving to craving. Instead, he is love and gives grace and mercy to those who actively oppose him and deserve his wrath. He knows the future, 
Nothing is outside his grasp. He is relational. He is one God comprised of three separate, co-equal persons, the mystery of the Trinity. The three persons are God, the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And he is totally, completely worthy of all glory, praise, and worship. And we kneel before him, and we pray. And Paul prays, I pray that out of his glorious riches, his limitless supply, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory. There's the end goal again. In the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And so what is the core priority that emerges out of this text? And here it is. Core priority one. It's to bask in the sunlight of God's love for us. And to be honest, as I was coming to this series, coming to this text, I didn't see this coming. Most of us, I think, by nature are activists. If we think, I've got 30 days to live for the glory of God, let's go, let's do something. But here with this first core priority, he's calling us off the to-do list to bask in his unfailing love, to see something an unseen reality. As a, uh, from the very start, preparing for the, this message, the image that was on my mind and continued to, to be on my mind throughout the prep, prep process was the picture of a turtle sun, um, basking in the sunlight on a log on, on a summer day. Kids, any kids here uh, go to, been to Twin Lakes camp or going to Twin Lakes camp? I heard we've got like 75 kids going this. That's a huge win. But a couple lakes there. And if you've been there, you know, when on a sunny, summer sunny day, you go up. If you're toward, headed towards the log, Libby's going to be counselor as is Shay this year. And I'm sure you guys out there on a canoe, you, you can see a, a family of turtles climbing up on this log to sun, but, suntan. And then once they, uh, you get close to it, though, they see you coming, they, they uh, will plop off. But if you back up and wait, Sure enough, you'll see their little nose come up and eyes, and they're wondering the question, is it safe to get back on the log? And what's, what's a turtle do? That's what turtles do. Climb back up on that log and bask in the sunlight. That's the image that, that I hope will help stick this truth in our minds today. So, to the question then, what does it mean to bask in the sunlight of God's love for us? Let's go back to this text in verse 17. Paul prays, is praying, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. So as he, as he opens this up, he's assuming that we've already been rooted and established in love. And there's some discussion around is this love that we're living out or the love of Christ. I think the context would say this is we're rooted and established in the truth that, that God loves us in Christ. And he uses two pictures here. Oh, baby. 
Can we back that up one slide? Sorry. I hit the wrong, uh, the wrong button. Anyway, there we go. He uses the, the picture of, did it again. How did, I, how did I do that? Sorry, Joan. One more time. I won't press this hard. Did it again. <laughs> oh, well. So imagine in your mind. We'll go to that slide, and we'll circle that rooted, circle that. Uh, established. Those two words, and the word established in some translations you have grounded, really is better at, at explaining the picture that he has in mind. Rooted is an agricultural term. Grounded is a construction term. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> How'd that happen? Can you guys do that? Okay. Sweet. <laughs> but, uh, but what's interesting and what's important to know here is the tense of the verbs, rooted and grounded. So when we're, uh, the tense is the perfect tense. Now, in, we have in English, we have like the present tense, the future tense. Tense is about time. In Greek, there's seven tenses, and this is in the perfect tense, which when it's used, it describes completed action that has a present result. So Paul's saying, um, he's assuming We've been rooted and grounded in God's love. He's assuming we've already come to that point in our faith journey where we've received the love of God poured out to us through Christ on the cross. And we've trusted him as our Savior. Our sin has been forgiven. And we're living rooted in that. Like that, his love poured out through Christ has given us life, the, the agricultural term. But it's also we're living established and are grounded in it when it's like being on the job site and uh, you see the foundation being poured. Our lives are anchored in the stability-giving love of God. So when the winds of circumstance go this way and that way, we're not falling down. We're just, we're anchored. Interesting. You would think that's all you need, right? But it's not. He's saying, okay, I'm assuming you guys are living rooted and grounded in, in God's love for you, but you need something more. And he goes on, I pray that you would be, you may have power, so we need help with whatever it is that we need here, together with all the Lord's holy people. So this is something that whatever it is we need, we're going to get together. And this is why it's important that we do life together as followers of Christ, both small group, big group, whatever, together with the Lord's holy people. And here it comes, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So what's he saying here? Notice as he prays, saying, okay, I'm praying that you, God will give you power not to do something. If I was praying this, I'd be tempted to say, Man, I pray God would give you power to go be a blessing, to go, you know, be bold in sharing your faith or be bold in loving or be bold in, or do this, do that, right? We think in terms of action, but what's he praying? that we need power to do. He's praying that you would have power to grasp an unseen reality. Now, when he says grasp, it's the idea of comprehend, awaken to perceive an unseen reality. And what's the unseen reality? It's the enormity, the vastness of the love of Christ for us. And to, to capture this, the enormity of it, he uses the dimensions. He goes off and says the, the, uh, the width of his love, the, the, uh, the length of his love, the height of his love, the depth of his love. 
What you need, yeah, you're rooted and you're grounded, but what you need is the power to grasp the enormity of his love for you. So where do we go to grasp the limitless love of Christ? And lots of places we can go, but there's one place we must go, and it's the cross. That's the place where we bask in the sunlight of his love. We kneel at the cross. We do this through communion, but we do this in our our daily times as well with the Lord. So we kneel at the cross. We see his limitless love, the width of it, for all people. For whatever that we've done, for all who will believe in him, his love is poured out. Took our sin upon himself on the cross as our substitute, died in our place. We see the length of his love. When did God have the idea of rescuing us in his love, giving us his mercy and grace? It was in eternity past. And how long will his love go with us? Eternity future. It it jumps the, the dimension of time. We see his, the depth of his love in, in his condescension where Christ would take on the role of his servant, clothe himself in humanity, come for us when we were dead in our sin, um, running from him, apart from him, rebels from him, and reach down to us. And we see the height of his love in, in that he would pick us up and carry us, not just to be like servants, but to be sons and daughters of the king to have an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for us, to enjoy a growing relationship with the living God forever. Here he's saying, I pray that you would grasp this, see this love that, that has no bounds, that's limitless, that leaves us singing. And when we see it, what happens to our soul? We have only one choice, and it's to worship along with David in Psalm 63, 5, where he says, your love is better than life. Therefore, my lips will glorify you. So here's the question. When's the last time you basked in the love of Christ, the the limitless love of Christ for you? I mean, like, you just saw it. I mean, it was like sunlight just covering your soul. When's the last time? Took a minute, took five minutes, ten minutes just to Why is it so hard to bask in his love? I think one reason is this is what we desperately need. It's where our spiritual enemy is going to put some resistance. I think often it's our guilt, our shame. He whispers, you're not worthy of his love. We feel rather than receiving his forgiveness, uh, we struggle with that. But I think most often, at least in my life, it's the fact that I have... Living in our hyper-busy, my own hyper-busy activity, ADD, tweet-long attention span culture, we struggle with this, don't we? To just, like, bask in the enormity of God's love for us without letting a canoe full of distractions come and knock us off the log, right? The minute we get a few extra seconds, just a three seconds, what are we doing? Boom, rolling through, rather than just stop and bask in his love. Well, what's, what's uh, interesting or, or unique about this as well is he doesn't, Paul doesn't stop with grasp, grasping, but there's one more step that we need power to take, and it's, it's found there in uh, verse 19. He says, I pray that you would 
you would grasp the limitless love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. When he says no, he's, he's saying that you would, it's the idea of experiencing it personally. It's one thing to awaken to a reality, the vastness of God's love for me, but it's another thing to know it and to let the love of God for you wash over your soul, to receive it, to embrace it. This is the invitation of God to respond to his love. The, the word is in a, um, the tense of it calls, to, calls us to continual action. It's something that we're to be living in, but it also, it's active. It calls us to be active in, in seeking his love, responding to his love, and, uh, and realizing his love. So what's our core priority? If we had 30 days to live, it would be to bask in the sunlight of God's love for us. When I chose the word bask, I agonized over that word all week long. And if you can find a better word, I encourage you to do so and, and carry it with you. If it, this one's helpful for you, I, or I hope it's helpful for you, it, the reason I struggled with it is Basque has to capture two, two concepts or two moves, and the first move is to grasp the enormity of God's love. The second move is to know it. And, and when I thought about basking in the sunlight of God's love, I, it, it's the best word I could come up with to, to capture those two, two moves. First, being aware of it and appreciating it and awakening to it, but then the second of absorbing it as our own, to, to both awaken and experience the love of God, to bask in his love. So this brings us to, to really the crucial question, why make this a core priority? Of all the priorities that we could have over the next 30 days and, and beyond, what, why would this be a core priority? And the answer is found in verse 19. Here it is, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is huge, you guys. The word filled there, it's passive. Meaning, we, we don't, our, our responsibility at this point is to have something done to us that we can't do. And what is it? it it's God filling us with all of His fullness. This is huge, and this is the, the paradigm shift that even, even in my mind, I've, I've known this truth, but, but to live in this reality, the work that needs to happen on my soul, in my soul, for me to become like Christ is not going to happen by my effort, but first by my positioning in the sunlight of God's love, and then he will do what only he can do as he transforms my inner world. I'll still maintain my personality. Your personality will stay the same, but he will change you so that you will reflect the character of Christ, and he will fill you with all his fullness. This doesn't mean that we become little mini gods. It means we reflect the character of the living God. The fruits of the Spirit happen as we bask in the sunlight of his love. That's huge. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Here's the possibility. If we will position ourselves to 
bask, to awaken to and to respond to the love of God. When we go to live, you are going to be living his love with those around you. You're going to be experiencing the, the joy of God as you do life. You are going to be experiencing the peace of God as you do life. Ordinary me, ordinary you, yes, yes, yes. This is the gospel, the good news that Christ came to give us. This is what it means to live by faith. And as we awaken to he does what he does, and then who gets the glory for it? He gets all the glory for it. So that we, uh, so I'll, I'll sum up the truth like this. The degree to which you will become like Christ and reflect the glory of God is directly proportional to the, de- the degree with which you grasp the enormity of God's love for you and know it personally. Does that make sense? Recently, I heard a couple of scholars expounding on this text, and as they were talking, they said something that rocked me as a pastor because they said there's a, one of the great pastors of the couple or centuries ago, Andrew Murray McShane. They said this was his central text for his pastoral ministry. So as a pastor, answering before God for the souls of the people that, that would come be a part of your church family, what's going to guide your ministry? This was his text. Why? The only way we become like Christ, and that that my job is, is to help you see, receive the limitless love of Christ. And if you will do that, then God will fill you up with all the measure of his fullness, and you will be in due what he's called you to be and do. That's why this matters. And as you think about your own life and those moments that you've bask, you bask in his love, we experience it, don't we? Think about the, uh, what's the number one weapon of the enemy? It's fear. When you're basking in the, the limitless love of God, what happens to fear? Perfect love drives out fear. It's gone. You don't scare me anymore. Nothing scares me anymore. Temptation. What's your big temptation? It looks so good until you bask in the sunlight of God's love and receive his love, and and then all of a sudden, to do that, which would separate me from this momentarily, I don't want any part of that. It looks sick. Cultural currents and our fear of of being alone, standing alone, being weird or or left out or whatever. But as we bask in the sunlight of his love, it's like, you know, the whole world can go this way. I want to stay with you, Lord. And if it means being alone till the day I die, so be it. I'm happy with you. Right? This is the secret. And God fills us with his fullness as we bask in the, the sunlight of his love. And once again, we say, okay, really? For me? For now, and it's almost as if Paul can hear us asking that question in verse 20, as he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. We're asking for the power to grasp. Paul's like, the Lord can do immeasurably more than, than even what we're asking here, according to his power that's at work within us. 
To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And so how do we make this priority one in our lives? As we look into the next 30 days and beyond, may I challenge us just to to be intentional in some ways. Over the next 30 days, even just to instill this habit of basking and some simple ways to do this. Five of them I'll list out here. One is schedule some log moments where, and I would encourage you to pick five a day. Just say, I'm going to climb up on the log for a minute or two and just bask. These are going to be my bask in his unfailing love moments throughout the day. Scripture, and could I encourage us to grab five scriptures, which are go-to log moment scriptures, where we, they bring us back to God, the enormity of God's love. Maybe this scripture, Romans 8, is a great passage. Psalm 23, Psalm 16, Psalm 63, Psalm 91, Psalm 121. Great text, but find some text where you just go. Um, when you're struggling with this, you head to that text. Stressors. To, uh, to see stressors as God's invitation to get back up on the log. So anytime you get stressed, you, you have a, a new reflex. Oh, God's inviting me up to the log. And you climb up on that log, and there, amidst the stress, you bask in the sunlight of his love for you. Songs, to create a playlist of, call them, bask in the, the sunlight of God's love. Title it and just keep adding some songs to that. And um, allow those songs to help. And then last S, I tried to make them all S's here. Someone. <laughs> Someone who is basking in the sunlight of God's love. And, you, you know, it's interesting. One of the, the rips on, for those who are looking in at the church often is, you know, they're hypocrites. What are, well, we all have a ways to go. And we, we are all broken. And we will be broken until we get to heaven. But sometimes... You, you see somebody who's walked with, who's known Christ for like a long time and they're still very judgmental or there's just this glaring gap in, they don't look like Christ, in, in the, especially in the realm of love. What's wrong? They're rooted and they're grounded, right? They, they know Christ, they're, they're rooted and they're grounded, but they've never grasped, or they're not living on the log, they're not grasping, but you meet those people who life flows from them, and you just want to be around them, because when you get around them, you're like, I think I was just like with Jesus there or something, <laughs> that was awesome, and you want to be with them more, that's the person who's living, basking in the sunlight of his love, and so we get with them, like, how do you do that, well, what's that look like, and um, let some of that rub off. So, what's our core priority? If we knew we only had 30 days to live, what would be priority one? And it is this, to bask in the sunlight of God's love. I picture the turtle, picture the turtle living down on the bottom of the swamp, and there's filtered rays of sunlight coming through, but to be discontent with that, to, to swim up through the filtered rays of sunlight, climb up on the log, and to bask in the enormity of, of God's love for us. So kids, when you're at camp this and Libby, when you're taking those kids out on the camp, and Shay, are you here, Shay? Yes, we'll be there as well. It's going to be a great year at camp. But uh, as you guys are out there canoeing along, and you see a log, and lo and behold, there's some turtles on that log, and you paddle towards it, but as you get closer, your clarity becomes confusion, as this does not look like turtles 
basking in sunlight. It's a family of turtles up on the log dancing. They're dancing. They're doing Fortnite dance. They're doing chicken wing. They're doing what in the world? And then you realize, oh yeah, happened to me too. You can't sit still long when you've been basking in the sunlight of God's love, can you? It gets you up on your feet and you want to dance for His glory. Your love is better than life. Therefore, my lips will glorify you. My feet will get to dancing. And my life is going to get to living. Until you call me home, whether it's 3.30 or 300 days to go. Amen? Amen. Are we ready, guys? I said it to you now. Good to go. Next week, we'll hit our, our second core priority. But let's pray together and worship our Lord. Father, we do. Just thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you for giving your son. Jesus, thank you for giving your life. Lord, we do pray along with Paul in this text this morning that you would give us the power to grasp your limitless love for us. The width, the length, the depth, the height. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that we will be filled up to the full measure of who you are, lived out in our unique personality for a little while here on earth, but to enjoy you forever on the other side. I thank you for each person here today, Father, and just the chance to journey here through 2019 together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I pray that you would just let this word of truth be planted deep in our hearts. I pray that it would change us, Lord, that our priority would change to to living in the sunlight of your love until the day you call us home. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.